0: before we start this episode, I'd like to thank our new Patreon members from the month of September. You guys, my Patreon support means the world to me, just helps me keep the podcast going. So let me thank our new convert levels. And just a reminder, guys, if you are a convert, you get to introduce the podcast. So message me if you need help doing that. But first, let me thank the Nature versus Narcissism podcast for becoming a convert, as well as Eleanor L., becoming a convert thank you guys and now on to the episode welcome back to the cult of domesticity i'm joined by another cincinnati podcaster but we are not together no we are not (laughs) introduce yourself and your podcast
1: yes i am jason with the history of bad ideas a pop culture podcast uh that we record every tuesday night and uh we don't really know what editing is so we go up uh tuesday night as well so (laughs) It's a roundtable podcast about uh, pretty much anything we want to talk about that week.
0: Yeah, and if you have suggestions, there you guys are always looking for them on Twitter, because that's oh, how yeah. we hooked up. We were talking on Twitter, and you're just like, I got a topic for you. And I was like, let's go.
1: Yes. So we are open to anything. If somebody ever wants to uh, send us questions, we have a listener feedback section. And we range in anywhere from three, ga- uh, three people on the show to, I think, five, I think is our route uh, on a good day. But now we're recording on Skype with everything going on. So we have people jump in and out. And then we have guests uh, throughout the whole uh, time as well.
0: I'm always impressed by the range of topics you guys cover. Because I'll look at it. I'm like, how did you guys get from point A to point B? And then you listen. You're like, oh, okay, Yeah.
1: So in the beginning, we're at. 300-and-something episodes, and in the very beginning, we were trying to focus, like, on a couple topics, and people didn't like it. They liked it when we would go off on tangents and, like, on different topics, and uh, so ever since then, we usually spend maybe five to ten minutes on each topic, if that, depending on how we like it, and then we just keep going on, so... And then sometimes we just rant about one thing the whole time, but that's rare.
0: (laughs) Just full of rage about one topic. Like, why isn't Baby Yoda having his own show? So let's, you're going to start. Yes. And you have a missing persons case for us.
1: Yes. So I talk about this on my podcast all the time and I'm in the minority. So I appreciate you letting me come on your show to talk about this. (laughs) Because they all think I'm super weird on this. So I am uh, obsessed with missing persons. Obsessed. I have no, I know that I will never solve it. I get that <laughs> I, I, I don't have the ego that I'm going to solve these I know that but I have to figure out what happened to my own self like I, I go on reddit and I don't even know how reddit works half the time but I know I'm on it uh <laughs> I know um and I go on these things and look up the police reports. go down these holes that just for hours on end and I stop um because do
0: you it, do the ones where there's people missing and like the national parks like people like there's so many people that go missing in there
1: yeah so my family i have three kids and uh, my wife and i uh love hiking that's we we do that a lot uh almost every other weekend and i i grew up with you know ever since i was about 18 and on i love going to national parks and hiking you know as much as i can and let me tell you every single time i'm there i'm like we're going to find a body Like, every single time because they go missing. And now, that's another rabbit. See, you got me going down that rabbit hole. (laughs) So, my thought on that is, I think a lot of people that are suicidal just go off and that's it. And they go to the parks. It's peaceful. Have a good day. And they're like, well, we can never find them. Well, it's a national park. I mean, how many hundreds of thousands of acres in some of these parks? So, you're not going to find them, especially with a that's another story, but yes. The national parks I got into and I had to pull away because I was like, eh, I feel like it's just suicide. Or they just get lost off the trail. Stay on the trail.
0: That is... I've worked park, yeah. Stay on the trail because you never know, like, how secure the ground is mm-hmm. that you're walking on or... The park I worked at, we had a really bad problem with ground hornets, and so people kept getting stung by them. So we made a sign. My boss made a sign to put in the office, like "So many days since like ground hornet attack." <laughs> Do they hurt? Um, I never got stung by one. I guess they did. Like people would you'd be walking up this trail so you'd disturb them so they would kind of swarm so you wouldn't get stung like once you get stung a couple times mm-hmm. so he kept having to call like EMS and I would just hear it like it over the radio and I'm like well glad I'm not that kind of ranger good day I'm gonna go talk about some some foliage and stuff and, like <laughs> Lewis and Clark
1: <laughs> look at this walking tree over here it's amazing <laughs> it's beautiful yes um yeah so I go down these rabbit holes and I can't stop I've been doing this for so long. And again, I have no notion that I'm going to solve these. I know that. But it bothers me that I can't have closure on someone. Or it just boggles my mind like people are just go missing. It's like, there's got to be an answer. Like, obviously, like, and usually it's the simpler, but you would think. But then you start going down a whole rabbit hole and you're like, well, maybe this did happen. Maybe it was alien. Uh, maybe
0: maybe that's right. Maybe it was a Wendigo.
1: Oh, yes. maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was a dingo. Maybe it was a dingo after all. So, today is Jennifer Kessie. She's 24 years old, 2003 graduate of the University of Central Florida, uh, with a degree in finance. She was a member of a sorority, Alpha Delta Pi.
0: AD Pi, yeah. So, by all accounts,
1: she worked for a financial company. She was... Doing a great job. She was on her way up. She's the daughter of Drew and Joyce Kessie. And sister to Logan. That's going to be important because later on, basically, they're the ones running the, the um, investigation. She was in a long-distance uh, relationship with her boyfriend, Rob. And they just retor- returned from a trip to the Caribbean. Croy. best part about Rob is he's British, too. So when you listen to his interviews... He has a nice little British act. Uh, <laughs> while in, while on vacation, her brother Logan was staying at her condo. It was a condo complex. It was an apartment, and they were uh, rehabbing them over to a condo complex. So there was a lot of construction work. So she had her brother stay there, uh, and he had a couple of his friends over too. Uh, his friend Travis uh, forgot his cell phone at the condo after a weekend of partying. According to uh, when she got back from the trip, it was on Sunday night. She was. She talked to Logan, um, Logan and then she talked to uh, Travis and was going to mail it back to uh, himself. And I think there were two and a half hours of brother, uh, about two and a half hours.
0: That's really considerate, though, to be like, and at that point, you could still do that. Mm-hmm. Your pho- Granted, it might cost you an arm and the leg to do because they were the bigger phones. But So this was yeah. 2006.
1: Yeah, 2006. So that's, wow, 14 years ago. Yeah, that's going that's going to cost you a pretty penny back then <laughs> because you got to bubble wrap it.
0: Oh yeah. No, those phones were indestructible.
1: Is the flip well, it could be the flip phone too. So, she ha- she was close with all of her fans, too. Every interview I read I've watched with them, they were close to each other according to uh, her parents and her best friend Lauren McCarthy. Basically, when she got back on that Sunday She was always still a little worried about the safety of her condo, uh, just because she was one of only two people in her, I guess it would be her condo section uh, that was living. So it was a big complex. I will say that. Um, And so uh, across the hall from her, uh, there was actually construction workers living. Later find out uh, there was 10 construction workers living in one apartment complex slash condo complex. Cozy. Yes. The hallway was not well lit uh everything i saw online with the photos it was not a well-lit one it was an apartment complex going to a condo i'm guessing that's why uh you know it just wasn't well done so that's the backstory on that section of where she was
0: i if i were her i would have been terrified too because i mean anytime you live alone as a woman you're always just like okay how well lit is it where's the parking? like what are my exits as for me everyone knows there are two i believe two police stations i can run out my front or back door and get there mm-hmm. i know exactly how to do it that and, the and, only reason
1: and according to her parents she was well prepared for it she got into the habit of carrying pepper spray with her uh she kept her in between her fingers um which is always a good thing uh not only for people but for dogs especially if you're a dog jo- so you can just hit them with the key in the now na- uh, in the snout Little fun
0: fact also if you jangle your keys if there's like skunks or animals it warns them ahead of time so they run away so you don't get sprayed by skunks
1: really that's (laughs) fun see look at that we're educational on animals today skunks safety skunks dogs and ants it's awesome (laughs) (laughs) like i said she would also phone frequently she would always uh answer the phone when her mom or dad called and vice versa she would um her friend lauren said that even going to the parking lot at target or uh, a grocery store she would always call uh, at nighttime, just so she was on the phone when she was going to and from the car. So, everything shows that she's not, she was in a loving relationship with Rob. No idea at the time that she would run away from that. Uh, she had a good job in a finance company. She was working her way up on it, so there was no thoughts that she was unhappy. The Mosaic Apartments is what her condo uh, in Orlando, Florida.
0: That does seem like a Florida named apartment complex. <laughs> I think I have the, later on,
1: I have the other apartment complex with her car and it's very, so, it's like the. Oh, oh that's florida yeah that's great
0: it'd be like up here where it'd be like the grove or like tree themed or like field themed and you're just like
1: the hills the yeah yeah and
0: you're just like hi
1: she gets back on sunday night she goes to work on uh monday uh and she gets back at 6 p.m monday night so uh the repart- the apartments were being remodeled let's see here she uh spoke to some of her friends that night including rob her boyfriend the british boy and uh until 10 p.m that night uh that's the night of january 23rd 2006 and then she did uh in a conversation with rob uh on 48 hours he did say that they did get into kind of an argument that night over the phone he's also i believe three hours away so it's a it's kind of a long relation he, he might he's two or three. Oh. so um so with all that being said he said it wasn't a argument based. She got tired of driving back and forth each weekend. Same with him. So mm-hmm. that was part of the the part of it. But he said they didn't break up. There wasn't. Oh, I hate you. Or It's just basically they were fighting over a long distance.
0: Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Everybody I know who's in a long distance relationship. They're like, oh, I get so tired. I have to drive so far to get to there. Like back and forth. It's so much time. Everybody, somebody always has to leave work early. So mm-hmm. you're losing money and all of it. Yeah, I completely get it. The phone powers is
1: down. Um, it's not off completely, but she's done with her conversations by 10 p.m. Uh, the next morning on January 24th, the police believe she showered or somebody at her complex showered. Uh, there was clothes out on the bed, uh, multiple clothes out on the bed. Her mom has said that's pretty common for her to be out, uh, the clothes to be out, because she would go decide which clothes to pick for the day. She would put a couple out, and she would also have them out for the rest of the week. She
0: is prepared. She is. I, I like... I wear a uniform to work, and I'm still just like, uh, this shirt.
1: <laughs> I'm in work from home, and I have a hoodie and, like, shorts on every day. It's wonderful. <laughs> but before that, I was like, oh, God, i got to find what to wear tomorrow into the office. No, no. That morning at 8 a.m., she usually always called between 7.30 and 8 a.m. She would call her British guy, Rob, to talk <laughs> on the way into work. I love the Brick. Uh, <laughs> I can tell. Moving on <laughs> She left for work on that Tuesday at, uh, around eight a.m. Never got her phone. Never got a call. Uh, she never made a call to her uh, boy. Her boyfriend started getting worried. He would call a couple times on interviews here, and basically around eleven o'clock, he thought it was. It kept going to voicemail. He thought that was so. Her coworkers were uh, kind of worried about it as well. They stated that she's never late. She never ditched So they notified her family. Which nice coworker.
0: I like that. Those pe- those are the people you want. As someone who's lived, like, far away from family, those are the co-workers you want in case you go missing.
1: Yes. Her parents drove straight to the apartment then, a couple hours away. Her brother actually beat them there by 15 minutes. So go, Logan. He arrived at 3 p.m., uh, she, they arrived, the parents arrived at three, um, nothing appeared out of place in the condo complex, uh, in her condo. Her purse, cell phone, and her black four-door 2004 Chevy Malibu were all missing, though. So, interesting part, uh, comes to find out there was a witness later on that came to say state that on the morning of her her going missing they saw her car swerving in and out of the parking lot going down the road outside
0: so maybe she was like fighting whoever was the in the one car was
1: fighting or if she was abducted by somebody he got in he whatever he did to her put her in the trunk mm-hmm. you know whatever she could be in the back he could be driving out and going, you know, kind of all over the place because he's worried he's trying to get out of there in a hurry. Um, yeah. It's 730 to 8 o'clock on a, you know, morning in Florida. It's light out. That's if she's abducted at that point at her car, that's a pretty ballsy abduction, especially with construction workers all around.
0: That's true. But if they're all in the building, like the, if they're in the apartment, true. they wouldn't see anything and they have tools going on. So that's it can be call. really loud.
1: That's a good call. I didn't think of that that cuz most of them they're, they're not going to be outside doing the landscaping at that time if they're worried about the the condo the apartment. Yeah. The issue was that um by the time the police got there they didn't take it seriously. Uh her parents were begging for them to do something. They thought that she had an argument with her boyfriend and oh, you know, a crazy lady, you know, a crazy woman. Haha, she left. And it's like no, probably not going to leave your job if that if even if you had an argument. Uh especially, you know, that you know, typical cops in this case were like, "Nope, we're not doing it." So the orlando police did not make me happy when i was looking usually you can get really good detective i felt like there was not much effort in the beginning and her parents felt the same
0: especially because they they said she has a history of calling like even if she was mad at him she always answered her parents so if she's not answering her parents Mm -hmm. calls and she doesn't show up to work that's really suspicious because most people aren't gonna like not show up to their job and in finance like you could get like Fired for that. Yeah. Well, most places you get fired for that. Most
1: places. But especially, you know, she's she works for a pretty reputable company. Uh, I think the company they said it was around 3,000 employees at that time. I don't think her office was that big it was Mm -hmm. i think if i remember correctly it was a satellite office still had a lot of people but not you know three thousand total
0: and they would notice really too if it's a smaller office you really notice if someone doesn't show up or they're acting different and stuff like that so they'd be like extra suspicious
1: correct the issue was the by that time by the time the police they they said they would look into it they looked around according to logan her brother they never really interviewed any construction.
0: Sorry, I can't roll my eyes hard enough at that. Yes,
1: yes, So they were supposed to, the one person they talked to was the foreman on the job, and they were supposed to get a list of all the uh, employees that were working there. Unfortunately, some of them were undocumented, and basically the foreman never got back to them or gave them a shit. So don't worry about, don't worry about them. We're fine. It's
0: definitely not fine. So not fine.
1: No no that's fine don't worry about it don't worry about it you don't need that so uh (laughs) so the unfortunate thing is the police could not really take fingerprints inside the condo complex because at that time by that time you had about 10 to 15 people that entered and exited the uh, building uh at that point it's you're going to have fingerprints so I don't blame the parents for going in and the brother going in, looking, because, you know, they're worried. Uh, but by that time, had people with the police coming in and out. They weren't really documenting who was coming. Obviously, they were touching. So right off the bat, that afternoon, uh, this was at 3 o'clock. Uh, that afternoon, uh, her parents and her brother flooded, started flooding uh, the area with uh, missing person, uh, missing uh, poster. Uh, the next day, so a couple days later, uh, nothing really happened. They didn't find anything. Um, they couldn't find her car they didn't see any struggle in the apartment fast forward two days later on thursday january there was a phone call from the huntington on the green apartment complex there That does you seem
0: like that's that it seems like an apartment complex well
1: it's on the green and uh the police have said this is a notoriously bad area <laughs> and it's like oh wow oh.
0: aren't all bad apartments like something on the green yeah there's like there's always a color involved i feel like
1: or a villa there's always a villa There's, I always yeah. feel like there's something on the villas and the villas of the green or something.
0: They try to make it sound real fancy and you go up and you're like, you guys have put $10 into this and it's all duct tape.
1: You don't have a working door. <laughs> Thank you, landlord.
0: It's uh, everything's labeled luxury and you walk in and it's one washing machine and maybe a dryer.
1: Yes. <laughs> With gum stuck in the coin slot of the dryer.
0: And no appliances. You have to bring your own. Yes. (laughs) And the bell's just like, you guys don't even have a microwave we have a hot like, yeah. plate it's over there there's a the hot plate it's communal for six apartments though <laughs> just so you know make sure to unplug it though so it doesn't burn down
1: and somebody may knock on your door at midnight looking to make some jiffy pop on it so just to let you know just don't worry about it don't worry about it.
0: oh my god that makes me so anxious just thinking about that oh
1: <laughs> so this was a little bit over a mi- about a mile away from her her condo con. her car was found in the parking lot um residents at the complex say the car has been parked there for several days the area is described as drug a, a drug and high crime area according to good news is there was video surveillance bad news was it was 2006 and they basically <laughs> had a betamax tape uh, back then so
0: <laughs> do you want 12 pixels that is what you got <laughs> well this makes it even worse because it took video
1: every two to three seconds so
0: oh god it's this so is when bad. It,
1: this is when it gets frustrating so the on the tape you see the car coming to the uh, come into the parking lot and actually straighten out into the parking lot.
0: So they parked well.
1: They did park you well. you had a
0: body in the trunk or something like that. They parked well. I,
1: cool. may, ad- I may be an abductor, but damn it, I'm not going to fail my maneuverability test.
0: That's it. Damn it.
1: I don't want that on my record. <laughs> Please make sure I can parallel, parallel park. I want to make sure I'm okay with that.
0: I'm within the lines. I'm straight. I'm good. I'm good. Okay.
1: Everybody looking? <laughs> he knew he no, was on camera. No, turn away.
0: So I can get everything suspicious out of the car.
1: Well, that's where it comes in. So, uh, this person of interest pulls into a visitor's parking space, waited 32 seconds, and then exited the car. What they think the police said in the latest report of 48 Hours a couple this past week was that uh, they think they he, uh, he or she wiped down the whole car because they only had a partial print. So...
0: 32 seconds to do that? Damn! This is not their first rodeo!
1: No. No. So, in my past, I used to do investigations... Not they were criminal, but not a cop. But I thought you were going to
0: say paranormal. And I was like, ghosts know how to wipe down fingerprints? Yes, they do.
1: (laughs) Bigfoot does. Bigfoot. So uh, in my job, I used to do this many moons ago. And it was with vehicles, stolen vehicles. So the issue with vehicles is that you really can't get good prints off them most of the and the reason for that is because there's not really a solid surface you can get them it's just more difficult to do because a lot of them because your fingers are bent or you're touching stuff a lot of people are touching the car if you go in there i mean if you have passengers touching everything so it's just difficult to get a full uh print on a car
0: also have to think all the surfaces aren't really smooth anymore either mm-hmm.
1: No, and, and I think that was part of it. Now, you can get the prints like on the windows and the, especially the exterior a little bit better, uh, but a lot of it, you're just not going to get a lot. Of good. So they got like half a print, doesn't do any person gets out uh, of the car and goes and walks away. So the interesting part is that you can never see the fate. Okay. The issue is though, and I've never seen this. I've never seen uh, he or she get actually get out of the car. Like they've never seen that. Or if they did, you can't find it. You can't find it any. And I don't think they're hiding it. I just don't, I think they've been, you know, maybe in that two to three seconds they got out and they kept their head down. And, uh, but you never really see it. Uh, it could also be the camera angle too. Do
0: you think the person knows where the camera is?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think if they worked in that area, uh, I think they know if if it was a construction worker my thought is they probably worked in a, other apartment complexes around that area and they kind of what they, they knew that was a two to three seconds they knew where to look, is what my thought is because what happens is this person of interest goes around and is walking to fence and every two to three seconds that the camera gets it is the person's face uh, is blurred by the fence a fence railing every single time so you only get the back leg you get the back of their head a little bit like the part of it black and white so it's grainy so it looks like they have a white shirt and khaki pants and black shoe the question you know how tall is this person police originally said between five foot three and five foot five is what they my thought is couldn't you do like something some type of measurement off the fence, a little
0: comparison. Bit yeah,
1: they did say that they had several people, several detectives go by the fence. They tried to figure out to get an idea, and that's how they came up to five. They said he either was wearing a beret, so he was French, uh huh, <laughs> uh-huh. he had a bun. A ponytail or a hard hat. Uh, the pants appear baggy and a polo type shirt. To me, it kind of looked like a painter's, gear, uh, painter's um, uh, uniform.
0: Yeah, that seems more painters than strict construction. Because mm-hmm. those guys tend to wear t-shirts just because it's better. But yeah, painters tend to actually wear polos, which doesn't make sense to me either because you're going to get paint. Well, nope. I guess those guys don't get paint on them. They're, that They're, better.
1: <laughs> They're better than most. Uh, and most construction guys in general wear jeans is what I feel like. You have more mm-hmm. pockets. You have more things. Unless it's back in the day, the cargo pan, you to have it. But it did seem very painted, or like a painter type uh, idea or a painter. Uh, so uh, mud is noted on the threads, on the tires, on the treads. And then, so basically we found this, you know, they found a surveillance camera. That's not really helping too much because you can't see. And it literally ticks me off every single time. Because half a second more, you could have at least had a face.
0: Or at least part of a face.
1: Yeah. And because you don't even know if it's a male or female at this point.
0: That's true. If they said it's a bun, like, man buns weren't really in. Mm -mm. So there weren't a lot of people. I could see guys having, like, a ponytail, like, if you're working and you got to just put your hair back. But, yeah, it could have been a woman, like, think about it, wearing khaki, a polo. Could have been, like, a supervisor checking in on different sites. Mm -hmm. Could have been, like, construction management.
1: It could have been. My thought, is when I look at it, it looks like the bottom part of her head is shaved, like maybe a two or three, like a, go the flippers. Mm-hmm. And then the top part is kind of a bowl cut. Not completely a bowl cut, because th- they never go out of style. Uh,
0: <laughs> but oh, that's such a bad hairstyle just thinking is. about it.
1: So that was my thought, is that's the type of style. Every time I look at it, I don't see a hat. I don't see anything like that. I, can, I guess it could be, who knows, but it
0: looks like a bowl cut,
1: is my thought.
0: What if it's like a beanie? so it looks like a bowl cut it could be that
1: i don't i don't see it as a beret but it could be a bee, possibly a it just and then maybe their whole head is shaved and they just have the top yeah it could be because
0: depending on the beanie it could look like that like mm-hmm. it could give a bowl cut appearance especially with low quality and, and to be
1: honest, they probably should be arrested just for having a bull cut. I mean, let's. let's if they do, yeah. Let's just take that person off. Nah, <laughs> come on.
0: Just, just someone grab him and shave their head. <laughs> come
1: <laughs> here. So the bloodhounds, uh, they got the bloodhounds involved. And I love when they get bloodhounds involved. And they tracked uh, her scent, Jennifer's scent, uh, from her vehicle back to her residence. Tracked it to the back of the building stairs on the lake side because there was a lake behind the condo. There's no signs that a struggle had taken place in or around the car. Uh, a, a dvd player a valuable d player is what the police said oh, back God.
0: in the 206 welcome to 2006 you could probably like had a good remote with digital does it maybe I tra- could put two dvds in there
1: That's, does it have blu-ray in 06 try and think i don't think it does oh,
0: i think it was like 2010 i was in oh. like high school when blu-ray started coming out
1: didn't <laughs> uh It was a laser disc. (laughs) That's what it was. It was
0: a VHS tape.
1: Oh, VHS. Um, So the uh, DVD player uh, was in the car. had not been stolen. That leads me to believe that she was not in that car uh, at all during the whole day. They did have Rob, uh, her boyfriend, come to the site and they opened the trunk in front of him.
0: What if there was a body in there?
1: According to the 48 Hours Police interview, uh, the detective... Did say that he, they wanted to see his reaction. And they said he basically was like, oh, shit, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to. Because, see. So they opened the trunk in front of him. Nothing was in there. So, or nothing. There's no body. She
0: wasn't in there. Correct. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sure you it's... imagine if she was, though? Like, how much oh. therapy that guy's got to get? Yeah. Like, your girlfriend goes missing. And the cops are like, we're going to see. Like, we're all going to see for together. And they're, like, watching you. And they open it. And the body's in there. And you're just like, oh,
1: you would think that Rob's first comment would be like, why
0: would you do that? <laughs> I hate you. What the hell's wrong with you?
1: After breaking down and crying for two hours, probably.
0: I mean... Yes, that seems like an adequate response.
1: So, the police originally thought, um... One of the leading theories was that she was kidnapped the night she was abducted. The, because they said they thought uh, her cell phone was turned off. They thought that she... They thought it was pinging at a different location. It was 2006, so I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Comes to find out, none of that was... So, there was tons of misinformation out there at that time where her cell phone... The problem is that information on her cell phone isn't correct until months or even. so they're going on all these on thursday february 2nd the nine days i think uh they conducted a grid search throughout this whole time the pa- the parent uh, and the family and friends were basically conducting their own searches because they weren't getting else from the i'm so- sorry
0: the police waited nine days yes yeah,
1: february 2nd 2006 they conducted their official grids february 4th which was nine days again uh police after this came out Uh, Orlando police released two photos of the person of interest walking the gate. So that was nine days, I think, after they got the tape, the surveillance.
0: It's a little over a week. Mm -hmm. So much stuff has happened in your life. Are you going to remember like that kind of stuff?
1: And with construction workers, they move around to jobs a lot. So I get what the police were doing because they thought they, they probably thought they could get this tape. They could get the person be done. But I think it's too much time. I think you left too much uh, time out for it. On Saturday, uh, February 11th, 500 over 500 people. Uh, according to the local news app, conducted another search for her. They never found her. Uh, finally, on Valentine's Day, uh, the FBI's called in. Hey, maybe we should get them in here. That might be a good idea.
0: Happy Valentine's Day. Uh,
1: your FBI agent, have a good day.
0: <laughs> Give your FBI agent a flower. So, um,
1: let's see. So, some of the police originally on this the detectives were Sergeant Robert uh, Brennan and Detective Joel Wright. And I don't want to come across as a palace that they didn't carry. I'm not stating that one bit. It just seemed like originally, and I'm not saying them, but overall, the poli- the parents did not feel like the police were... I don't think they really thought it was a serious deal until they found the, the tape, uh, the surveillance tape in her car. I think that's when they were like, eh, maybe this is something.
0: So the initial, like, cops on the scene definitely probably... Like oh she's twenty four like you're an adult you can disappear if you're an adult but this Correct. like yeah
1: I there was nothing there was no warning signs in her life that she wanted to do. she had a good job she had a boy, steady boyfriend you know she was close with her family it wasn't like any of the warning signs were out there like hey these red flags you know she's a transient she's got, you know moving around anything there's like
0: no that. so there's no stressors you know.
1: Correct. There's no history of drugs, alcohol, any arrest, you know, records, nothing. That's about it. That's what happened. That's the abduction. That's pretty much what the police had to go on, and they didn't. There wasn't much else. So you look at the. There are always the suspects. So that's where we're getting into is there's a whole awesome uh, and I'll break it down. I won't use real. I won't use their names, uh obviously, <laughs> except for Rob British Rob. Uh, after they after he opened, they opened the trunk in front of him. Hey, uh. We're going to open this trunk on you. Uh, the police said, yeah, we didn't think he was a suspect after. Oh,
0: thanks. After we almost possibly showed you your dead girlfriend's body, <laughs> You're co- we don't think you're a su- suspect. You're good. You're good.
1: Rob, you're cool, man. Good good job. Go back home.
0: Like your accent. Yep. Get some tea. Top of the morning. <laughs> Top of the morning. Uh... <laughs> That's Irish.
1: Yes. <laughs> I'm awful. These.
0: How many bad British accents can we throw? Like, let's just get Cockney in there, too. Like, <laughs> see how many we can go for.
1: Back to the suspects. Seriously, no. Um, so, good day, mate Rob. He's innocent. Drew, ca- Drew and his, uh, or uh, Jennifer's parents did say that uh, they never suspected him. Uh, one, he was far enough away. And then two, not saying that he couldn't come or whatever, but they never suspected him. They said that uh, he would sleep on their couch. You know, basically, they were all close. During this whole search, uh, for months on end, he would stay with them, so they never. Uh, so he's out. The main suspect is out. Boy, uh, well, usually the main an ex boyfriend of Jennifer's named Matt. On the twenty third, the night before she heard her disappearance, he was spotted drinking at a bar, another Florida club, blue martini.
0: <laughs> oh yeah,
1: that's that's it.
0: It's got like it's got like the um, neon lights where the martini goes back and forth.
1: You got to have the olive in there. Yeah. Olive, yep. Across the street from Jennifer's subdivision. She, he was actually drinking over there. I don't know if they met up or they did, uh, or they called beforehand, but he actually was with Logan, her brother, that night over so.
0: Less suspicious, but still, like, some stitious.
1: During a police interview, Matt confessed that he was upset about breaking up with Jennifer, and more upset that she had gone on a trip with British Rob. You know what, you know what? I'm going to go with British Rob because I hate the name Boston Rob with that guy from Survivor, so I'm going with British Rob on this. I'm taking it back. Matt offered uh, to take a polygraph. Uh, good old police didn't think there was enough tying him to the disappearance to take him up on the offer. Which uh, what's your stance on a uh, lie detector test?
0: I think you can use it, but I don't think it's like it it's not a lie. I think you can judge people's reaction. Mm -hmm. by how they act in it like to kind of be like okay they seem too cool like they're freaking out i don't think they're gonna tell if you lie but i think the fact that he offered maybe question him because he was close by yeah so he could have had time but polygraph it's kind of like one of those things like yes and no it depends on the situation and the person doing it
1: i don't know if i would ever take a polygraph i I don't know even if i'm completely innocent i don't know if i would because i feel like i would work myself up I have anxiety anyways, and I feel like I would work myself up for it because I know I would be like, I know I'm being truthful, but I think I'm, you know, screwing this up somehow.
0: Yeah, I just I don't know the parameters that they use to count if you're lying or something. And I'm just like, I think if you offer, maybe you have something to hide. But I definitely would never take a polygraph because, yeah, I would have a lawyer or something in there and be like, I'm going to follow my lawyer's instructions and shut the hell up.
1: Yep. Jennifer's brother Logan believes Matt is innocent and said that they did uh, investigate him. As well as his Matt's group of friends, too.
0: Okay, so they did at least do work, and they're like, okay, maybe they were all together really late or something, and they all left together, and mm-hmm. that, that kind of deal. Uh,
1: his alibi was that Matt said that he was home the night uh, she went, and he went to work the next day. His roommates and coworkers confirmed this, so unless everyone's lying, he's okay, so he's out.
0: Unless his friends are super awesome. <laughs> I, I have pretty good
1: friends and I think they would turn me in, in a heartbeat because they're like, no shit. What the what the hell are you doing with that? No. You killed you killed someone? You're going to the police. We're dragging you there.
0: We're uh, driving you to the station zip tied. Let's go.
1: Get in the car. You're in the trunk. <laughs> Open the trunk. So this is where the wonderful, wor- wonderful world of Reddit comes in, because you got to be careful because everybody throws theory. Um, there was one person, though, John Williams. He uh, worked with Jennifer, and he went on record on several um, web or several uh, interview shows um, that a coworker was infatuated with her, with Jennifer. And he was even late, uh, 11 a.m. on the day that Kessie went. Uh, this was reported by a couple different sites. John Williams even noted it in one of the, in- the co-worker. Uh, stated that he was getting a speeding ticket that day, and that's why he's pretty long three hours.
0: I've got a speeding ticket. It doesn't take more than no. twenty minutes. No, and that was even with the like Ohio State Highway Patrol, and he pulled someone over. When he came back to give me the ticket.
1: And that was and not was, three hours.
0: No, it was still like 20 minutes. Granted, I was like breaking my pants the entire time because <laughs> I'd never been pulled over at that point. I just want to go home. And I was just like, goodness, it was still 20 minutes.
1: Yeah, they're going to get them in and out as quick as possible with this ticket.
0: To give someone else a speeding ticket. So, oh, wait, that's just State Highway Patrol. Never mind.
1: Maybe in Florida it's different.
0: <laughs> maybe they're not as big as assholes as Ohio State Highway Patrol.
1: Allegedly. Uh...
0: uh... <laughs> yeah sure we'll go, with, go that.
1: with that uh the um let's see so the co-worker had expressed uh, a romantic relationship with jennifer even though he was already married that's a good t- jennifer uh, actually talked to her dad uh drew and drew was taught and her his mom both uh, we're talking about this and along with uh, her best friend, Lauren McCarthy, uh, that we talked about earlier. They basically, she didn't know how to handle it. Jennifer didn't know how to handle it. Her dad told her to have lunch with him in a work setting and just explain nicely that she didn't get involved in work romance. That's From, fair. Yep. Everything that came out seemed like that's what happened. And that was that. According to co-workers, this guy was ticked when he learned Jennifer was on vacation with her boyfriend and confronted her at work on the 23rd, the first day back, about it.
0: Oh, so he's an angry male. Yes. Yeah. He's hella suspicious. Especially
1: when he's married and he's getting jealous of her.
0: <laughs> you know, I don't think so, so much. Don't, no, you're married. Like, I always, like, she's happily in a relationship. Let her do her thing. You do your thing. If you're not happy in your relationship, deal with it. Don't creep on your coworker.
1: Don't bring others in, into it. <laughs> a subordinate of the guy, uh, of the uh, coworker. Creepy guy. Creepy guy. Ended up filing a harassment charge against him. Um, that is actually... John, uh, he He's the one that ended up filing a harassment charge. So.
0: so he's just not a great guy.
1: No. No. So there's been several interviews that this John Williams guy told this story. People have said that they think maybe john williams just had it out for this co-worker creepy guy but there's been other reports especially with her dad her with jennifer going to her parent her friend talking about this guy i would say it's a pretty you know solid truth um jennifer's company did step up they did offer a million dollar uh, reward to bring her home
0: that's a good company
1: that's a, and, and that was the one thing that surprised me is like that's a that's not chump change a million dollars is huge and no. to not get any you know feed on it they said they got tips obviously for a million dollars you are going to get every tip known to man but none of them really
0: that makes me think that if there's no tips the only person who knows who did it is the person there's it's like a one person kind of deal
1: mm-hmm. or they're legally not allowed in the country and they work at the constructions at the condo complex and they can't step forward to get the money because they they're fearful they're going to be if somebody knows something at that construction
0: that's true then again if you have a million dollars you could live really nice in another country
1: my thought is that i think the biggest fear would be that they would step forward and again just spitballing here my thought is that they would step forward and they're fearful that if they told the cops who did it, they, they, the company would say, Nope, you don't get the money. They could back out.
0: Oh, that's true. Yeah. For a, that, for does a liability. Seem, that does seem like a thing that American capitalist company would do.
1: Yes. Without, <laughs> without missing a beat.
0: <laughs> nope. Just be like, Oh, illegal. No, thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. That million. Sorry. My bad. Here's $5.
1: Oh, and look, there's ice. Um. <laughs> uh. Uh. There's, Three uh, people, three options. The co-workers, creepy co-workers. There is construction workers at the condo complex that we've talked about. We talk about that Kessie said that she was, uh, Jennifer was concerned. Uh, About the uh, workers at the complex. She thought it was was unsafe. There was very few residents in the uh, apartment. uh, Or in the condo. A painter in the condo complex. Came back and painted a few things inside Kessie's complex. Prior to her vacation. She did not feel comfortable with her Later found out there's two painters that came back the week before. She went one of them is Chino. And uh, he was interviewed on 48 Hours. I
0: love the name Chino. He will not release his
1: last name. Because he got into an interview. Promised he would do an interview on his front porch. But they could not use his last name. So this guy's a doll.
0: I mean, would you release your last name, though? I wouldn't even get on an
1: interview with these shows. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm a sus. You think I'm a suspect? No, I'm out. Like, no, you can talk to my attorney.
0: (laughs) I mean, but the cojones on some people. Oh, yeah. The people who are doing, like, their dateline interviews from jail... Yeah, like yeah,
1: I love that,
0: and I love how they
1: try to blur it on Dateline. Like, oh no, he's just in a nice shirt, and then, I
0: think that's I think
1: that's prison wa- dra- wardrobe right there.
0: I think he did it. Or no, it's just he's wearing still wearing the like the pants, so they only show him from the waist up. Yes, and you're just like, is there another person in the background? Oh yeah, you totally did it. You totally stick? did it.
1: Yep, that's a nightstick. Okay, <laughs> yep, he did it. So Chino, he came onto the radar in 2009. Detective Joel Wright interviewed a housekeeper uh, at Kessie's complex. They had housekeepers. I Dang. yeah. Basically, she said she. They showed him. They showed her a photo of the person of interest on the. And they had no idea who Chino was. At first thing she says is that looks like so.
0: She must have great eyesight.
1: Three years later, detectives were like, "Who the hell's Chino?" Well, they found out in 2009, Chino was in Florida prison. For statutory rape of a teenage girl in 2008
0: he's a gem
1: bring home to your mom uh they interviewed him he admits to work in kessie's apartment the week before she went missing painting unfortunately he is five foot nine and taller than what they thought the figure was in the ph- uh he did pass a lie detector test and the detectives did not rule him out
0: see that's where i'm like lie detector test you can kind of field some questions see the reactions more but like you shouldn't rule or not rule people out based off of that also painting he
1: Pain. interviewed him on 48 hours and the interview he did seem calm i don't think had a creepy vibe from him which is odd since he was statutory rape but it wasn't a creepy vibe like he was infatuated or that he was something to hide because a woman was in the background he's at the door talking to the 48 hours reporter and she's yelling gino stop talking to them and he turned around and said, "I have nothing to hide. I can talk to them." So he turns around and starts talking. To him. The one thing that gets is they said, "Do you know her?" And he said he did, not well because he just worked in the building.
0: He probably knew her by sight.
1: Yeah, and I, I believe he was also um, in charge of uh, maintenance at the time too. He wasn't a painter; he was in charge of. It.
0: No wonder why the housekeeper recognized him. Like, yeah, it's Chino. He he was maintenance the maintenance guy.
1: And he would have keys to the apartment. He described her, and this is the only interview, because of re- I was like, he was like he might be telling the truth. Tell, he says to the reporter that she was beautiful.
0: Hey. Did he say it creepy? It's a tough
1: call. I don't know. It just, it sparked my antenna like, I don't know if that's the first thing I would say. Like, hey, About a is-
0: missing girl? <laughs> yeah,
1: she's missing. Yeah, she's beautiful. I get it, but at the same time, that was the one thing, the only thing. And then it goes back to, well... If somebody does that, they're going to be possessive of the person. They're going to, you know, describe her, describe a person in that way as opposed to other.
0: Did he say she is beautiful or was beautiful? That's the thing. If she said was beautiful... I think he did say was. And that
1: was the only... You know, that's a lie detector. You know, he does have a questionable past. Shady past. Um, mm-hmm. But he did come across as not, like, stalkerish murderous. But the beautiful thing is the only thing that he pauses out. He
0: could just be one of those guys. Like, I mean i get that on instagram where people are like oh you're so beautiful and i'm just like sir this account is private can you not yeah it's just it to me it's it's somehow less creepy and more just him probably like that's just who he is and you don't know like
1: in some cultures the the type of you know that they're brought up like that it could be you know they respect it because it's beautiful and all that stuff I, I get it it was just that was the only thing that was obviously you can't i i don't think he's the top suspect but at the uh the housekeeper was interest that she said right away that was the one there was one other david byron russ per the orlando sentinel newspaper a deck of playing cards in prison was passed around with missing persons on it they do this in florida i guess they do it other places too but basically the deck of cards have missing people on it so uh people in jail if they hear something you know from cellmates and that you know they can kind of give tip if they do
0: yeah they did that for they gave like soldiers over during um operation iraqi freedom like cards too so like like there are people like they'd be like oh yeah that's an ace of spades or something like that and they it was kind of like code but they could also like identify people then too
1: okay so i i I don't know if this is just Florida, but I guess it wouldn't be. I mean, if that's the way, it's a smart plan, especially over <laughs> overseeing more of that. This guy, basically, David Byron Russ, basically is a confessed murderer. He met face to face with the dad, Drew Kessie. They thought it was a reputable enough tip to do that. So he told Drew Kessie during the December two thousand eight meeting that a playing card with information about. Jennifer Cassie got him thinking about her. First off, background, David Byron Russ killed Madeline Lennon uh, in her Longwood Longwood area home in 2007. And he pleaded guilty, saying he was in the middle of a cocaine binge at the time. Uh, he wrote his ju- the judge that he is a cold-blooded killer and would have killed again had he not been arrested.
0: So he's he- a great guy.
1: Top notch. He's still in jail. Uh <laughs>
0: Thank goodness. I mean also, I like that he told the judge, like, I was in a cocaine fueled binge, probably better that I don't come out. <laughs> you're just like, Hey that, I agree. Life. Have a good
1: day. <laughs>
0: like Ed Kemper stopped request like he's st- like he's like, I don't need parole. It's not a good idea.
1: You know when the convict is saying that? Just listen. Just listen right there. You're not doing a uh you're not doing a Morgan Freeman from uh Shawshank Redemption here. This guy's feeling good. No, this is a cold blooded killer, just keep him in yeah. so a lawyer for Russ contacted the Kessie, uh, gave him a handwritten letter basically stating that he needed to meet with him. he. Uh, Kessie passed the information on to Orlando police investigators. Uh, Sergeant Barbara Jones, a police spokeswoman, said detectives have no plans to meet with him, though. <laughs> and the information the inmate gave had been obtained by investigators already, and they looked into it several months. So that was the the Orlando police dropped the ball on it again. I, tr- I I'm going to go with them that they I trust them that they said that it was looked at. So
0: it's just. So dismissive
1: because
0: mm-hmm. that like it doesn't sound like they went and talked to him at all.
1: So my my fear is that if the pl- do follow up on these tips, not saying that they're not, but if they did and they do find her, it's going to come back on them that uh, they do something right. And then it's going to look really it's going to look open the, them up for a while.
0: It's going to look bad no matter what at this point. And the, <laughs> and the
1: Kessies are like, help.
0: <laughs> just we just want all. her
1: there's not a lot of things happen uh, uh basically since 2010 it started snowball detective wright was removed from the case for the kessie family uh the case basically stalled they requested the case to be considered a cold case because then it would open up more resources and the orlando police said nope we're keeping it an active case and they have still
0: but it's been like a it's been over a decade yeah that's hella cold
1: there was a couple of different podcasts that were devoted just to this uh unconcluded first they did the jennifer kessie they did interview a woman who claimed she saw someone who looks like jennifer kessie in a tennis store months after she went missing i don't like those things because i don't i don't think it is a person that up. i don't don't i don't see it as sex trafficking case either because they usually don't you know capture younger you know well not well off but you know established it's usually on the fringes of society
0: that's true because i mean ohio just had that big case where they got like what was it almost 200 kids freed or something Mm -hmm. like that yeah and i i think there is probably going to be more developments in that one like but from what i've read about it like they definitely were people who already didn't have the support system and she definitely had the support system
1: yeah my thought is that it can happen. I'm not saying it can't, but it, it just doesn't it feels like it's not the top choice. Um let's they did say the Tennessee woman did say that she reported the sightings to Central Florida crime line, uh phone number and never heard back from uh detective. Again, they can't hit every tip, but I get it. Let's see. Per AB7 Local News, uh, they did get a tip in 2019. In fact, a dive team spent several days at Lake Fisher in Orange uh, searching. Basically, a woman came forward about something she witnessed 13 years ago at the which is located just a little bit more than a mile away from where Jennifer lived. Uh, Drew Kessie's father, or Drew Kessie, Jennifer's father stated, search was seven months in the making. Quote, the woman had witnessed uh, across the lake one morning when there were no houses, houses. A pickup truck had backed up to the lake. She saw a man get out and take out six foot of uh, something rolled up what looked like carpet and threw it in. So, That's
0: hella suspicious.
1: Uh, it gets creepy. It gets creepier and more suspicious. This goes along initial official reports uh, and 48 hours of the Kessies did state this. The condo complex across from her that had 10 or the apartment that had 10 people living there, construction workers, installed carpet that same day that she went. Oh. So that is interesting um, to go with. Uh, they said nothing was found at the lake.
0: Is it a closed lake or is it like... Like a natural lake.
1: It, it is a natural lake. I believe. They started building houses around now. So it's more a subdivision, but it's more residential now. But back then it was still over, still out in the middle of nowhere. So basically the like, Kessie feel like that might be the strongest thing. They've actually even hired a private hater for the last years that have been helping them. And he feels, and I'll get to him in a second, he feels like that's probably where she, uh in that so.
0: My thought is, because it's Florida and there's so many things that will eat humans, mm. like flesh, that you're not going to get a body anymore. It's gone.
1: You hope some remnants harp or something, but... The-
0: it's so moist. There's yeah. been so many storms. It's not like up here. Like, I don't know. Like, if there's, like, up here or even like the Great Miami River, it's going to wash up. There's enough buildup. Yeah, we have storms, but it's not like Florida where it's so – like, it's humid. We have the cold. Like, Florida – Is made to decompose things.
1: Yeah, and like you said, I mean, not to be morbid, but there's alligators. I mean, how many alligators? Basically, the Kessie family felt like they were not getting anywhere with the. They they sued them. Basically, they just wanted the court the case record uh, filed. Police said, nope, have them. Finally, in early 2000, they won a lawsuit to get the investigation records from the department. They were they were redacted parts, but they still got them.
0: And there's people's jobs that can read the redaction.
1: Basically, as soon as the Orlando police gave those files over because they were fighting for it. Um, this was according to their latest interview, with Kessies on 40 Hours. Uh They said they are no longer leading. The- it's uh, basically they left it to the Kessies and the private investigator, Michael Toretta, and said, you're in charge. Have a good day. Uh, I
0: get that they have, like, it's a lot of, they have a big, like, area, but still, you can't keep fucking up like this.
1: No. So, Toretta, I'll wrap this up here. Toretta has talked to several women that lived in the complex around the time of Jam. They all felt uncomfortable. Uh, with the construction workers that lived in the vacant uh, one tenant called the police on a peeping tom in the complex uh when she went outside he was basically pleasuring himself on the part of the patio because she was the first floor let's see another woman stated construction workers would make inappropriate remarks to the women many times as they walked by so this doesn't this doesn't show that it is somebody there but it definitely do that it was probably not the best environment for a single woman. so well,
0: that's like that makes me really anxious because I know I'm very much that person. I have certain people I text every day because if I'm not at work. I don't see other people and I'm just like, oh, no one would know until I wouldn't show up to work. And like, that's my fear. And, like, especially in that situation, she was right to be afraid. Like, you try to live the best you can, but you don't know who has keys at that point if they're doing construction.
1: So, fi- the final word from Toretta, the private investigator, who, he said that there's going to be a lot more coming out of it, but it's just a slow... He said his theory, this is his, is that he feels Jennifer was locking up her condo when a construction worker workers that were living across the front the hall grabbed her and dragged her into what they had. To do with. Uh, he says this correlates to the theory of the carpet in the condo and dumped in the lake, That's why there's work carpet. And he, Toretta, states the workers put in the carpet in the new condo or in the condo later. The issue is that you're not going to have any you're not going to find any information on who was he said we never got the logs of the workers that were working he said a lot of them were undocumented workers you're not going to and he said that's what he feels is what's uh waiting for her
0: that's i mean i agree it seems most likely and especially they like would know that condo's empty and who knows how many times like even if they're not illegal how many times they've done it because they move a couple months later they could go to a different area of florida they mm-hmm. could go to a different state and they nobody would know so yeah. i wonder how many if we could look and see how many condos like have missing person cases or murder cases because the fact that they knew how to get rid of that body they knew mm-hmm. where the cameras were that makes the most sense because her creepy coworker wouldn't correct i think he just was like i don't you don't get a two-hour speeding ticket that's just weird but you can't arrest someone for being weird
1: correct there'll be a lot of people in prison for being weird i think it goes back. the um the most the most simple answer is probably the correct one. i mean who had the opportunity is probably so- the one of the workers now um i don't i don't feel like it was probably chino i think but i don't think it was. i don't think you did it i think you have probably a, i think it was one to two i would say probably two to maybe three workers that, that and i think they had one person take the car and say get get this the hell out of me. that because if you take that car away from that parking lot they're not going to be looking in the other apartment yeah more than
0: oh yeah and even if it like like what they said it could be illegal so then you have that code of silence but then i'm sure not all of the construction workers were illegal sure but think sure. about it if they're the non, if they're the citizen doing it the legal guys aren't going to say anything because like Correct. You're gonna get deported. You're gonna lose your money. I don't like. We don't know what they're doing. Using that money for, they could be sending it back home. Yeah. Like that's it's a it's a code of silence that it's really hard to break.
1: And the person of interest, the one thing I forgot to tell you is that the police did say like when the person of interest was walking away from the parking of where the car was parked, it mm-hmm. was in the direction of Kessie Conda. He was, they were walking again. You only got two ways to go, so I'll be you know you're going to right. Around. So it's a mile away. Who knows if they were actually going back to the complex, but it does go with that trail and it follows up with the bloodhound going back there too now
0: that, i mean because he probably would smell like her if he was sitting in the car
1: Mm-hmm. yeah
0: i just it just seems like it isn't the first rodeo of the like whoever did it no because they cleaned off the car they knew where to get rid of the body they knew how to grab her did they ever find her like phone and keys in purse
1: i don't believe they ever did no
0: so that's probably with her body
1: yeah i would say him the uh, private investigator because he obviously knows a lot more than on this i believe i feel like he probably has the right and i don't that's which is a shame too because you would think in something like this that you would have a you have the surveillance you have you know a lot you don't have many suspects in terms of people living in the building so it's not like neighbors but the problem is that you don't have logan her brother said that he did confront the uh one of the workers when he got the day that she went and he basically got into an argument with them And they pulled away, they left in a white, they didn't want to talk to him, they were standoffish. You know, I can see his point, like, oh, maybe that's suspicious, you know, they knew something more. My thought is, if this guy's coming up to me and yelling at me that my sister is missing, I'm going to be like, whoa, 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 what the hell are you doing yelling at me? Like, I I think you could take that either way. I don't think there's a simple way of saying, oh, that's suspicious right off. Someone comes up yelling or getting upset, which I understandably, you're not going to, I think that can push you too. And these workers are like, I'm getting the hell out of here.
0: I mean, I would. Yeah, it's, it is very much a double-sided coin in that case because like, yeah, it could be suspicious. The murderer could be with them. Mm -hmm. it also, like, like, nobody deserves to be yelled at for no reason when they don't know what's going on. Sure. Because I've been in that position, too, where someone just comes up and is mad and you're just like, I just got here. (laughs) I don't know what's happening. Why are you mad at me? You know? I don't know you. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. And especially say the English isn't their first language. That's also hard, too, because you're getting yelled at in a different mm-hmm. language and you're just like, this is scary. Yeah. I don't like this. But
1: so that, after all these said, I, again, I don't think you're ever going to, I don't, I think you're right. You're never going to, I don't, it's for the.
0: I think when in doubt, maybe you'll find some bones, maybe. but that's the best hope because if gonna, they threw it in water,
1: you're going to have to drain it. You're going to have to get any and that's or not Or even dredge happen. it. Yeah.
0: And I mean, again, it's Florida. Who knows what you're going to find in it? <laughs>
1: you got Florida, which is like you said, the best place to probably hide a body or Montana middle of nowhere i mean you, those are the two places but at least with montana you're probably going to find bones eventually in florida i think it, you're never
0: it's in a sinkhole now uh, <laughs> that is not wrong actually No, it is, it is, it is. A geographic sinkhole
1: that's more than one way so there you go that story of jennifer tessie so... the
0: sad thing is next week's not going to be cheerful like the next episode's not cheerful either so it's just two downers
1: i aim to please on that end
0: <laughs> <laughs> but we'll be back next week and i have a historical Let's put it this way. We have a series of rebellions. None of them go well. (laughs) (laughs) They never do. But we'll be back. Bye. Hey,
1: everybody. This is Jason and Jeff and Blake. and We're the History of Bad Ideas podcast. And if you like hearing uh, geeks talk about Fisto from He-Man or zombies or dragons or zombie dragon, I was given copy to read, but it's a piece of crap. So if you just like any geek or any fun stuff, listen. We drop every Wednesday on iTunes, Stitcher. (laughs) Engine bound Network or WeBeGeeksPC.com. Oh God, I'm a- and remember to wear a coat.
0: Did you know that 65 million people worldwide have epilepsy, and for 3.4 million, don't know why? That's right. And did you know that one out of every 26 people have epilepsy, and Trisha's daughter is one of them? Hi, this is Shauna and Trisha from Two Girls on a Bench, the podcast. We want to tell you about our upcoming fundraiser, The Bench Gives Back. November 7th from 10am to 10pm pacific time we will be live streaming on get focal with some of your favorite podcasts to raise funds to find a cure for epilepsy so join us, tell a friend bring your wallet and enjoy a day of fun podcasters and special guests we'll see you then, bye Domesticity, we're available on all podcatchers remember to rate, review, subscribe to help spread the word or just force other people to listen to it our Facebook and Twitter are at Domestic Podcasts and our Instagram is at the Cult of Domesticity. We also have podcast merch at Threadless. Uh, as well, if you want to support us financially or show some appreciation, we have a PayPal tip jar and a Patreon, which has some pretty great perks. Any topic suggestions, feel free to email us at domesticpodcasts at gmail.com. Remember to stay domestic and cult free. <laughs>